0: The very last place you would want to look for what you desire, the thing that you're avoiding holds the key to what you deeply desire, what you want. So if you want to feel secure, embrace insecurity. If you want to feel free, embrace being stuck.
1: This is Awakened Love, the podcast, and I'm your host, Angel. This is a space where we get real, real about sex, love and awakening. So strap in, let's go deep. What's up, beautiful awakened beings? So grateful to have you guys here today and exceptionally grateful that we have a very special guest. Alyssa Nabriga is here with us today. She's the founder and CEO of the Institute of Coaching Mastery, which is a coaching certification program that helps coaches to become master facilitators and to run successful businesses. She's a licensed clinic somatic psychotherapist, and I'm so elated that we get to have her here today. So welcome, Mama. Thank you for being here. Yay.
0: Thank you so excited to drop in with you and your community. Yeah.
1: So let's kick right off. Who is Alyssa
0: Nabriga in a nutshell? <laughs> <laughs> that is a question I've been asking my entire life. <laughs> and most of my most of my life was about unraveling an identity of who I thought I was from a very early age. Yeah. And I think I saw my dad go through a spiritual awakening and become a shaman when he was 50, sold his financial company and went shamanic. And so really peeling back these identities and stories of who I am and that success was found in the world in success and, um, in physical financial wealth. And so who am I? That has been like the most powerful, deep question. And I, I also, you know, I I work and perform or play in the world as both a healer and a coach. And so getting licensed as a psychotherapist, moving into coaching and the science of performance, behavior change, all of those are the worlds that I like to play in, spirituality, Mm -hmm. business, energy, strategy.
1: All the fun stuff. Um, But it's
0: taken different forms Mm -hmm. and none of the things of what I am. But yes, all (laughs) the things of what I enjoy playing with.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I love that. It's like one of my favorite meditations is just asking who am I and just letting the breath be the answer. So I loved yes. that, that response. You're like, what I play as, which is a really beautiful way yeah. to frame it. So you're a life and biz coach and you certify coaches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think people should be looking for in a coach? Like I have a lot of Ooh. people ask me like, what do I look for? What questions do I ask?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So some of it is about really the, the depth of work that the coach has done. You want to make sure you've got a, you are working with somebody that can hold a clear and safe space. Know yeah. when it's in scope, out of scope. Ideally, you have a connection. Sometimes it's like dating. You just want to have <laughs> that right fit. <laughs> yeah. so Chemistry somebody is that's simple. done their own person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So like them doing their own work so that they're, they're holding a safe and compassionate space and that they're, they're really They don't, you know, that they really know how to do the work for others. So masterful in what they do Mm. and, and that there's that click, you know, then I, I usually tell coaches to demonstrate the value of the work rather than sell it or talk about it. So people have an experience. And when you have a generosity based business, there's no scarcity and you give people can feel and they resonate and you actually attract more clients. They're so grateful. They refer people. It's a beautiful way to. Um, give back in the world and attract, both attract and create clients. So it's the synergy of the sort of feminine and masculine edges of yeah. having a successful business that brings people in consistently.
1: Yes, I love that so much. One of our former guests and one of my best girlfriends from Oz, Micah Katerina, who The folks listening heard in season one, she said, you know, if you just focus on creating value, which is what you're saying, and building relationships, that's it. If you have exceptional relationships and you provide amazing value, that's all you need to focus on.
0: Is there any questions? And business. There are things around business and like the way that I like to teach business because I got licensed as a therapist and nobody taught me entrepreneurship. And I just hustled my way from this unhealthy, toxic masculine of, like, making it happen rather than learning to use business as a professional and personal uh, path to awakening. And so it was like, oh, I don't put myself out there. I put my services out there. Mm. I can't charge my worth. I charge, you know, the worth of my my service is not my value. My value is priceless. And so really detangling identity and work And then being able to strategically create a business model that's aligned. I think,
1: Mm.
0: you know, for coaches, like so for looking for a coach, somebody that has done their work that you click with that creates a safe space. And, And then if you are a coach, then it's doing your own work knowing how to deeply and profoundly change somebody's life while learning how to run a business are the things that you really do need.
1: (laughs) And you're right, honey. It is a spiritual path.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Yes, it it is. is. It will confront and show you, yeah. Which is so powerful. Are there any
1: questions you would say, like if someone's having a chemistry call with a coach um, or even just connected via email, um, how can they delineate if someone has that mastery, if they're doing that work? Is there a way to go about inquiring?
0: Mm. Mm. I, again, I like to train coaches to offer value in it and experience. And that can be through an online launch or a conversation. And yeah. so they'll be able to attune and feel it in your body. Yeah. And if you're, if the coach is in any way in judgment, um, around something, that's a shadow for them. And it doesn't mean that they have to be perfect, but they have to be actively doing their own work. And you can say, what, what work have you done? And it, within yourself, And it doesn't mean it can, that can look in a lot of different ways, but as a service provider, we always want to be looking at our blind spots, growing our edges, having empathy. So I think creating, if they feel safe with them and if they have demonstrated that they can help them unravel something or have an insight, I think that is a strong indicator that it's a good, it's a good match and Mm. ask them like where, this is where I'm at. What would you, how would you go to guide and coach me Mm. and hear how they respond to that?
1: I love those questions. The question of like, what is your your process like? What's your self-work like? That's a really powerful question. I would love to get asked mm-hmm. that as a coach actually. So mm-hmm. I think that's really powerful. And yeah. that other question of just like, what would be your process to get me from where I am now to where I want to be? That's a really powerful yeah. question. Like what, what does the transformation mm-hmm. look like? What's mm-hmm. the process going to look like? Um, well, yeah. we're kind of like edging towards it. And I know you're such a powerhouse when it comes to helping I was going to say women, a lot of our listeners are women, but it sounds anyone can take your certification, right?
0: Yeah. Yes.
1: So helping people uh, scale and make money from creating a bunch of value and doing what they love. So can we talk specifically about women for a moment here because 90% of our listeners are women. Okay. What are the biggest blocks that you see Mm.
0: for most women in making Mm -hmm. money or more money? Worth. This misunderstanding (laughs) that it would be selfish to step into making more. I find men have a way of owning it and running with it. And sometimes, and that's beautiful. And I think we can learn from men in a lot of ways. But I think there's something important about the uh, women tend to self doubt. They look at what other women are doing, but then they compare and that can hold them back. And some of the gifts of that is wanting to do what's integrous and wanting to do what's right for the, for everyone in the community. And these are vast generalizations. So I'm aware of that. And just some of the themes that I've seen. And so, yes, having integrity, doing our work, but also knowing that as you rise and you are doing your work, you can call people forward to their next level as well with you. Yes. And that it's not selfish to continue to step into your next level and invite others to theirs. Mm. But worth is at the heart of what holds them back. Mm. And I like to help people. I like money because it's a direct in like a direct path to help them wake up to who and what they already are.
1: Mm. There's
0: limiting beliefs about what I can charge or, you know, what I'm capable of. And when you're unraveling what you make with who you are, it's so much freer. You can hear a no without taking it personal. Yes. You, you take the feedback, you pivot, you keep showing up, you keep being of service and you don't get caught in some of the self-doubt spiraling or the misunderstandings that they can do it and I can't. Mm. So it's always about value and not yours because yours is inherent yes. <laughs> the value of your services.
1: Yes. I love that so much. That's why I love working with women around sexuality because it actually mirrors that really similarly. And I think that a lot of these uh, taboo topics, money, sex, uh, they are really potent power portals because what i'm hearing you say is this fodder yeah. for spiritual growth where the the shadow is there's like the opportunity to really work with that worth can be a little bit of a um mysterious vague. topic for people vague yeah that's what i'm looking for thank you my love it can be a little vague yes. can yes. you help break it down a yes. little for us
0: Of course. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about it in three levels of worth. So there's the unhealthy ego, which is I am unworthy. Mm. Then there's the healthy level of, of ego. You want healthy integrated egos. So healthy ego is I am worthy. And then beyond ego is I'm bigger than any definition the mind could put on me. Mm. No definition could tell me who and what I am. That's more about awakening. Yes. And so, yes, I like the frame that Ken Wilbur holds of waking up and growing up. Mm. So, yes, it's about doing our work in our humanity to become and let go of and get free, but there's also awakening to who and what we already are in our essence. Yes. So, I like to play with ego and essence. Mm. And both are important because there was a while that I went, I bypassed, went from I am not worthy, which was my core story for so long, looking for validation externally mm. to awakening to what I am mm-hmm. and skipped, I am worthy. Mm-hmm. And that's an es- essential part. No one is better or worse, not a hierarchy. It's just about healing and integrating on all levels so that we we know that we can receive and we have healthy integrated egos and we also know who we are and what we are beyond that.
1: Do you think that's why a lot of like woke folks are broke? Like the spiritual community, because <laughs> because they're like transcending the healthy ego, the physical realms, like not taking care of that. And they're just kind of skipping, as you say, to the transcendence, to the inherent nature, the universal mm-hmm. nature, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But there's like that reality. And there's also the relative reality. Do you think there's a connection there?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think that there's a misunderstanding that money isn't spiritual. Ding. and Speak on it, sister. That I think is, I think that's really where it's at. And I think everyday life triggers can help you awaken if you use it as a path. Yes. And so money included, sexuality like you speak on, included all of it to help you get free. Mm, Very tantric. And that's the deeper, um, yes. And that's to me the real purpose of these things. And then we can not only experience inner freedom, but it's easier than to step into the desires that we have in this physical world. Hmm. Can you talk a little bit about stepping into desires?
1: That can also be a little bit tricky for women and perhaps is tied mm-hmm. to worth.
0: Mhm. Mhm. To me there's a divine design within desire. Mm-hmm. So there's when we honor and listen to the calling, there's a there's a purpose for it. It helps us evolve as we answer that call yes. because it'll help show us what is contracted and what's looking for our presence and what's looking to be accepted within us. Mm. And as we meet those parts of ourselves and integrate and make space for them somatically or emotionally and mentally, we transform them. Acceptance, ironically, is what helps us move beyond it. And so answering the call to say yes to this business venture or to this relationship or this tantric love or whatever it is, I think that intelligence, the deeper thing, is to help us get free. And life will show us where we're contracted and so that we can take a deeper look. And uh, it certainly and use will. It all. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like I often say to clients you know, when we desire something, that's what the soul wants well that's what the small self wants the human self let's say the integrated ego hopefully or not depending (laughs) some desires are integrated ego some (laughs) desires are not but the soul wants the journey there it's like here's all the blocks exactly as you're describing like here's all the karma you're going to get to digest here's all the growth that you're going to go on in order to get this thing like the carrot for the human and we're like "Yeah, Yeah. yeah i'm moving towards my desire And the soul's like yes all that fodder for your spiritual growth uh so we're moving pretty rapidly here, but I like it. <laughs> so let's do it. <laughs> is there any, before we move on, is there anything else around money and worth and desire that you want to speak to? Because it's like such a vast topic.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I, I would just encourage, because most of your audiences are women, to and for whoever this resonates with, to get really specific and clear with how much you want to make, because mm. the ego likes to be vague. And so if you claim a specific number, There's a way not only that it helps you identify how you can step into it strategically and make sure it's aligned for you Mm -hmm. and then make sure that your packages or your offering is delivering that and more, Mm. but then also it's going to highlight anything that has resistance inside of you and that's a good thing. So I often will do work around vision and blocks. And so Mm -hmm. as soon as you get clear on your, say, financial goals, let's say, all the things that have held you back from stepping into that come up so that then you can look at it and get free. And that way, you get out of your own way before you create more of a strategic plan to step into it, so it's easeful, and you're not pushing yourself beyond your next level. So, for example, I'll share a story about I people. So we have a a, a foot on the the gas and the brakes. There's. We say we want something consciously, but that's yes. only 5% of our mind. Mm-hmm. Unconsciously, which is where all of our behaviors, 95% of our behaviors are driven from, say that we're, it, it's holding us back. So we've got this competing desire. It's like, I want it, but I'm scared. This push pull. Yes. We can see this in relationship. Yes. It, it transcends whatever the desire is. And so getting really mindful and slowing down. And this is what I do with clients in the beginning of a program or a package. And this is something anybody can ask themselves before they start on a, on a journey of stepping into their desires. You can ask yourself, what do I fear would happen? if i step into that goal yes to that relationship or to that financial goal and then listen just slow down and listen because we have our own wisdom and insights mm-hmm. and when we ask the right questions we can elicit the that that answer but for example so there was a woman that i was working with and she kept capping at around $200,000. And she, and that's a lot of money, but she kept investing in coaches and was working with different people, hiring team, and just had this upper limit around it. Mm. And so she came to see me and she said, I said, What do you fear would happen if you made more than $200,000? And she's like, What are you kidding me? I don't have no fear of making mm-hmm. more money. And I said, Okay, slow down, get mindful. And I said, If you make more than $200,000, you fear? And tears started streaming down her face. And she said, I didn't realize, but when my mom got a promotion, my, my parents got a divorce. And so mm. subconsciously, she had programmed if she did better in her career, then she would not have a strong marriage. And so I didn't have to have that answer, but I helped her remove what was in the way and then create a strategy on it. And I've asked other women this, and sometimes it's like I would emasculate my husband or I'd be making more than my dad. I don't want to shame them. Yes. And so really just slowing down and tuning in to highlight, what is the subconscious fear I have of stepping into my next level? Removing that with presence, mindfulness, and then stepping into a strategy that is aligned and, and is easier to create. It's so wild that
1: you're talking about this because literally um well we did it the first time about eight months ago and then just again I have a group of girlfriends. It's we call ourselves Pleasure Club. More on that soon, people listening. Um Ooh, <laughs> please. But we yeah. literally just <laughs> redid this exercise which was exactly what you're describing like if we made more and we identified each of us identified and we're all you know different stages and levels like what are our upper limits cuz you know if if we were allowing mm-hmm. ourselves to have more then we would have more like what is that upper limit and we went through that exercise of yeah what would i be afraid of if I stepped into this next level of expansion and it was so wild, exactly as you're describing what came through, like for me, what was so interesting to work through is like fear of response, more responsibility. Like I'm not going to have as much yeah. fun and I'm not going to have as much freedom, which is like one of my the number freedom. one values, which obviously doesn't make any sense. Once I bring it yep. into my conscious brain, I'm like, no girlfriend, you can have more freedom. You're going to have more team, more support, <laughs> yeah. but our unconscious mind like, yeah. doesn't realize that. And until you do the work of gaining support, as you say, whether it's in friends or having a coach or a therapist, it's hard to see it and bring it into yeah. that light because a lot of these thought patterns initiated when we were so much younger. So they might not be that mature mm-hmm. or effective or fully formed, but they're hanging out in our system. Um, so it's so powerful to have that, that reflection. It's wild that you brought that up. I'm like, everyone listening mm-hmm. absolutely has to do this exercise and send deep gratitude yeah. to Alyssa when
0: you do, and you have all the
1: breakthroughs. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you, you got, you want to, you want to want it more than you fear it, right? So it's then mm-hmm. it's removing the fears with mindful presence and just looking at it. Cause sometimes seeing it is free. That's all it mm. needed. You don't need more work around it. It's just bringing it, like you said, to conscious awareness. Yeah. And then other times it's like amplifying your desire for it and how it aligns with your values and how mm. much better your life will be as you step into it. Yes. It's not a hundred percent true because. The potential for everything you want then is already here now. Yes. And yet we can use the egoic drive to get us in action or get us into alignment to use it for our benefit. And so it's like, oh, yeah, I'll have more freedom. What are my values and how does my vision uh, amplify and help me express those values by having it? I love that you use the word amplification because I feel like
1: for a lot of people, um, myself included, I had these beliefs that like money was dangerous or, you know, money's evil or money's greedy. And, um, I once heard, I think it was Aubrey Marcus say that money is just an amplifier. So it's like Mm. whatever you believe as you're kind of pointing to whatever your values are, you can amplify that, which is Mm -hmm. makes it seem like such a more beautiful sacred energy, which it is right. But that, that shift can be really really powerful i think for people
0: yeah and it's just a money is essentially energy of just like honoring a value system mm-hmm. so it's like i've received value from this and i and i pay that forward financially and so more people that do this work in in consciousness the more people that Are stewards of money can do better in the world as a result. So it's like even asking yourself, how does me having my desire, money or relationship, whatever it is, how does that serve the world? Because as you list that, it helps your subconscious get in alignment with it, so that you can live your values and feel supported to keep stepping into your next level. Yes, yeah. And you know, we also have these misunderstandings like it's 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 limited, and if Mm. I if I have more, it takes away from someone else, and really start questioning that.
1: Yes. I love this line of thinking. It's so, so powerful. And I think if everyone just listening did that exercise of if I had, you know, whatever that figure is, like you said, get clear on the figure, what, what am I afraid Mm -hmm. of listing those out? Mm -hmm. And then the other exercise you just said of what would you be able to do? How would you be able to contribute to yourself, your friends, your family, the community at large? I think those two questions, it's like, so powerful. <laughs> Thank yep. you, Alyssa. Yep, mini coaching session yeah. right here. Well, <laughs> speaking earlier, time. you're like, can, can they create transformation for you? Can they help you through a block? Alyssa is demonstrating that guys. She's, br- she's showing <laughs> up, she's bringing the value. So I was also looking and I got into it that you work with Enneagrams. So I'd never really done much yeah. about Enneagrams. I didn't know much. So I like went on and I did my Enneagram, um, test for the first time. I was like, super interesting.
0: Amazing. Before
1: we get into that, for those listening who might not know what Enneagrams are, can you give a little overview and maybe even like a Mm -hmm. brief tidbit on each one?
0: Yes, of course. So the Enneagram is a personality assessment test. So as a former licensed psychotherapist, to me, this is mapping the human psyche in nine different types. Mm -hmm. And it is powerful. When I discovered my Enneagram type, I felt naked and seen in a way that just was really vulnerable and revealing and how, you know, this has been channeled work and dates pretty far back, but it's essentially your personality. It's not who you are. Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: more ego over essence. So it's important to understand. So you don't type someone. It's like my personality operates this way. Otherwise you're going to be labeling everyone and limiting who they are versus holding their wholeness and seeing their personality that's filtered through that. So it's important. That I think is one of the most important teachings and so the nine types in the Enneagram, the first one is the perfectionist. You can kind of, you could, there's free tests online you can do. You can do a paid one, but you might be able to kind of see what work, which one is yours in terms of your personality. And I like to type it based on your core desires and core fears mm. because there's going to be different motives for why you do something in life that you could seem like you're one of the two types, but to help identify and narrow it down, it's like, oh, no, I'm definitely, I do it because of this. Yes. And so just being honest with yourself. And I also just really love this um, because then I, when I'm on a sales conversation or I'm coaching somebody, knowing their Enneagram number, I can shave off about three one-to-one sessions Wow. knowing their core fear and core desire. Yes. I get to the heart of it by asking them questions to see how integrated they are in their shadow and their light. Mm. And so it's really a beautiful framework to use. And I have developed my own work with it around coaching coaches, as well as money and sales. Mm. And um, I hired some comedians to do some of the sales work. I saw that. Kind of laugh at ourselves through it. Yeah, that was, it was really fun. good. Yeah, you guys have to go check. Let's
1: just quickly drop your Instagram here in case people want to go watch that yeah, reel.
0: At Alyssa Nopriga yes. on Instagram. Very good. So the nine types, the one is the perfectionist. And they try to find perfection in the world. But, you know, and there's, and these, let me just preface also these. This is great for team. This is great for families knowing Mm -hmm. how to parent our children differently. So as a one, I would never say you did that wrong because they'll hear it as I am wrong. And so I would say, what are some opportunities here? So you can go really deep into the Enneagram, but, um, and then client relationships as well as, as, as lovers. So one is the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Two is the helper, a lot mm-hmm. of helping professions. Three is the achiever. So, mm-hmm. for example, they try to find their worth through what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, four is the individualist. Sometimes they have some challenges with romance, um, but very creative and artists. Um, they they look for beauty and bringing that out into the world. Mm-hmm. Fives are the intel- the investigator. They're typically the you know Bill Gates, big like brilliant minds and uh, professors. You can see different. Countries may resonate or different professions resonate with different numbers. Mm. Um, but you know, fives may need to in- develop their body intelligence rather than just living in their heads, right? Sixes are the loyalists and they like stability and routine, um, but really worry in their mind about like change. And so helping them do mindset work, there are different tools for them.
1: Mm. The
0: sevens are the enthusiasts they are the life of the party. Super fun, great at sales, great energy, attracting clients, Mm. but sometimes can be like an overnight expert. And so really going deeper into their mastery and like, instead of 101 foot wells going into one, 100 foot well to get Mm. to water. Um, and there's shadow and gifts for all of them. The eight is the challenger and the challengers like to take on bigger challenges, sometimes politicians, um, <laughs> but can be very, and the shadow could be that they can be so direct that not everybody knows how to, um, take the feedback that is direct. Yeah. Not everybody wants that. <laughs> and then the last one is the nine, the peacemaker. Yeah. And nines tend to live on islands or just, you know, their medicine is really to be in action, is to, um, they they really are great at finding different, um, seeing different points of view and helping. Yeah, they're very easygoing, but also just supporting them and knowing, um, knowing how to care confrontation like how to how to really speak up for themselves and face uh, challenges you i could go deep in all of them but that's yes. like an overview high level of each type
1: I mean, guys listening, are you just so in love with this? This is new to me, but I really like it. Well, I think I like it because, and it was so funny that I even had this response because once I figured out what I was, I was like, oh, that's such a response for an eight. Because I was like, oh, I don't know if this is really going to be able to like peg me. Come on. And then I read it and I was like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> it mm-hmm. totally.
1: And it was really, yeah. as you described, which I think was so potent the essence versus ego, because I really saw like my childhood and, you know, I've done a lot of self work. Yeah. So my trauma and how that created, yep. Yep. you know, feeling dominated, created a sense of powerlessness. And so then that's my core fear
0: is being powerless. Controlled and by con- the con- environment. Yes. yes. Beautiful. And I, I love that you actually went deep because, yeah, sometimes a lot of the time had a really hard childhood. Mm. And so they look for safety by controlling their environment. And so there's always this compassionate lens. You know, for me as a therapist, anytime I heard somebody's story, I just dropped into compassion because I'm like, mm. of course. Yeah. It makes sense. And I think this is a beautiful frame to be like, oh, that's how I get to create safety, how I can make sure that you feel loved and safe as Mm. a friend or a client or, you know, so that you have this awareness and you're able to support um, Mm. and help them heal and help yourself become more aware. That's I love that you dove in.
1: Yeah, I was like so powerful and it really lined up well with some other self-work that I'm doing right now, like around integrating trauma. I was like, wow, it's just perfect timing. And it was just super interesting to see as well. Like for me, one of the keys to my healing, which I already know, but links perfectly with this Enneagram. So anyone listening, if you're interested, I'd highly, highly recommend it. And I was like, oh, when I really learned how to ask for help, gain support, Um, Mm -hmm. and those watching or listening may know we had a house fire Friday, the 13th, 2020, three days before lockdown. It was like thrust into, and, and Mm. Patrick and I can be a little bit like an Island previously. We've actually grown a lot in the last couple of years because of that. And we like had all of our stuff. We went to Costco. We were prepared, obviously as prepared as we could be. We had no idea what was about to happen, but And then of course, everything burned to the ground (laughs) and we totally had to rely, I can laugh now, but we totally had to rely on asking for help and that vulnerability and the journey that that has sent me on. And I already thought I was on that journey. I was like, oh yeah, I'm like really mastering asking. Like I'd been working on it for five years already and I was like, wow, okay, I still have a lot of work to do around vulnerability, like thrust even deeper as life does I love that life yeah. will just erupt in spectacular fashion to just <laughs> ooh, lost my earbud to just help you go even deeper into these things. But yeah, that was yeah. the key for me in reading in the Enneagram that learning how to ask for help is also made me such a better coach, such a better friend. Like, just softened yeah. um, mm. my energy, but. Yeah, I'd love to know more. I just want to highlight,
0: I want to just highlight your your perspective, you know, like I always say life is the real coach. Life Mm. will present us with opportunities (laughs) and people to help us see what's left to look at and your (laughs) openness to be like, wow, I've already been doing this. It took a notch deeper and and the results of that in every other area of your life, like that is such a beautiful consciousness that I Mm. want to just highlight Mm. because I think that more than anything is a is the most empowered way to live. It's like, Mm. okay, how do I use this for my freedom and to go deeper Mm. into my healing? Yeah, that I live by that.
1: It sounds like you live by that. I hope everyone listening, I invite them to live by that because then it's like nothing is wasted on us. Like, you know, fertilizer is made out of shit. So (laughs) (laughs) if we want some
0: spiritual (laughs) fertilizer, (laughs) there's intelligence in all of it, even suffering, right? It's a a wake up call to come back to what's true. Yes. So sometimes we need bigger alarm clocks than others. Yeah, I
1: definitely have experienced that, <laughs> um, and I'm sure everyone <laughs> listening has as well. Like, if you don't listen to the whisper, the the slap is coming. Um, thank mm-hmm. goddess, because the information we need to receive. I'd love to utilize this opportunity. Let's use the eight as yeah. a test case to go a little deeper. I'm just like super lit on this. Hoping those listening are lit on it too. Let's put eights on gas a little bit. Like what's the worst thing
0: about eights? I'm willing to be the scapegoat here. (laughs) Uh, I guess guess, um, some of the shadow of an eight is if they don't, and again, I I think of it through a compassionate lens. So if they don't feel safe, trying to dominate and control the environment to create safety, rather than sourcing a deeper sense of safety within their Mm. own being. Mm-hmm. So I like to do parts work where they're embracing these parts of themselves that are scared rather than trying to dominate and control others or the environment, which is it's not ever going to work because the, the only thing in life is change. And if you can't control something outside of yourself. So learning how to really take dominion over your inner experience creates safety there. And speak your voice, but also check in with people about how they like feedback.
1: Yes. So I
0: think some people uh like it straight. And I think eights really value that. They're like, you know, on a sales call, they're like, just give it to me straight. Like how much is it? Like, you know, they're they're just getting to the point. <laughs> and I think that's great. But also being aware if your team or your lover or your family, how i my dad's an eight, like I've got a lot of eight in my world. <laughs> and I it's taught me a lot to just and I actually really love I, I love all the all the parts. And we have all the parts, right? Mm-hmm. And so learning how to integrate those parts but um, but I would say some of the more common complaints from people that aren't AIDS are uh, just the directness that can sometimes be harsh. And <laughs> yes. I think I think that so I, good. I mean I have <laughs> Yeah, and so it's just like telling people, "Hey, I may even your team. Like, I may give direct feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm if like, how do you like feedback as a coach or with your team? So you can be mindful of it and still Mm -hmm. get to the point because you don't want to waste time. As a three, I'm like I I, as a three in the in the enneagram, more of the achiever type. I love that. I'm like great. And I was really high on three as well. Yeah. 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 Threes are threes are the achiever. They try to look for their worth through what they're doing, mm-hmm. what they create. So it's like sometimes they, they grew up being acknowledged for their achievements or not being acknowledged for their achievements and they have this like missing experience looking for that. Mm-hmm. And so um yeah, and you can go so deep into all of this, but I think it's just like looking at it through the frame of there's gifts and challenges, shadow and light with all of it. And and yes. how integrated am I in my gifts? And the more we do the work on the Enneagram, the less one type we are, the less typeable because we are taking the gifts and integrating the shadow and the light with owning and embodying all of it.
1: So we we are all of
0: it and we get more opportunities to deepen in it.
1: Yeah. And I love your perspective on kind of understanding the core fear and the core desire those like deep mm-hmm. core motivations for the personality which I think is really connected to our upbringing potentially our trauma and just like acknowledging yes. that as you say as well as expanding beyond it I think the essence as well is so beautiful the way you describe it um, and yeah, it's I'm gonna funny show the directness- up different as a
0: coach yeah mm-hmm. and I'm gonna show up different as a yeah. coach with an eight so like I'm not if <laughs> I, I do this in the certification program where I'm like all right let's give a case study if I'm a eight client and a nine, a peacemaker coach, how do I need to show up as a coach to really serve? It's like, well, I need to have a backbone because they're not going to respect me if I just let them do the whiteboard session and like take over on the experience. (laughs) But you also don't want to get into a power dynamic Mm. with an eight so that they, you create safety, but you also don't back down so that Mm. there's a level of, I can hold my own and we're in this together. And so Mm. knowing somebody's, and especially in relationship, nobody's knowing somebody's core fear you get to understand that about them, and when they go into a pattern and they're not present, that they try to control the environment. Yes. But some of the gifts of an eight is that they 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 take care of the underdog. I think they have some compassion because they felt like that at some point. That and is And they take so on me. the big challenges. I'm yep, like, it's like, even I'm in high school, of a challenge.
1: I would always mm-hmm. step
0: in. Like, I used to
1: get really badly bullied. I remember like getting in between like boys fist fighting. Like, would just like wow. that is totally my. Energy is like I will protect and I feel like I'm a protector of women. And for sure I know if I'm unintegrated, if my nervous system is dysregulated, if I'm not feeling safe, it's like totally can see that. And it's also beautiful for everyone listening. Like, do the test because yeah, it can be confronting to look at our shadows, but it's also really beautiful. A, it can give you some keys if you're feeling like, wow, I'm really noticing myself in the shadow parts of that. Like amazing, there's a path for healing. Or you can look at that and go, wow, I know. Yeah. If I'm dysregulated for sure, that's my go-to, but wow, I don't experience myself like that very often anymore. That can be really Mm. like powerful. And sometimes I say to clients, and I don't know if you agree, like we don't necessarily get rid of our trauma. Like our trauma changes us. We integrate it. So it's like it, it doesn't have to run your life anymore, but it's also like mm-hmm. a signpost in the sand sometime of like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Even if it's not trauma, like we all have trauma, I believe on a spectrum, but if it's just yeah. a pattern, yeah, yeah. yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. yep, I'm doing mm-hmm. that thing again. I'm not feeling safe. It's not like a bad yeah. thing. We yeah, all it's feedback. have it. G- yes. yes.
0: And thinking of your protector, I would have loved for you to help me in middle school when I was feeling bullied and your protector to come out. So it's like there are times and places for these parts, right? And so I got to develop my husband's ex wife's innate and I got to develop some of <laughs> my care frontation mm-hmm. and being like, and, and navigating that. And so using all like the gifts of that part of ourselves without mm-hmm. judging it, but also knowing how and when to use it without being used by it yes. is also important.
1: Yes. And
0: just when people take the test, it most likely will tell you top like three or it'll be tied between some. Nobody can yes. type your personality except you. You're going to know you I- infinitely better than any any test. And so it helps you narrow it down. But when you look at the core desires, why you do things and your core fears, why you're avoiding certain things, that's what's going to help you identify as this being your personality versus another.
1: That's exactly how I did it because I was 1% away from being a three, which is I yeah. think what you said you are. Mm-hmm. And I looked and I looked at yep. exactly that. The core like motivators, the core fear. And I and I know my trauma, mm-hmm. I'm, in, I'm in the work long enough. I was like, nope, that's definitely mine. There I am from right from there.
0: Because <laughs> so eights it. and threes can be both successful, but for mm-hmm. different reasons. Eights want to have have control and power over certain situations and threes want to find their value and their worth through their achievements, different, different Mm.
1: motivator. Mm. So, so powerful. We're kind of leaning into it now, but can we talk a little bit about shadow work or, uh, integrating trauma? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big topic,
0: but we could touch on it perhaps. Sure, sure. So I look at trauma as from more the somatic psychotherapy lens of being a spectrum of big T trauma and little T trauma. Yes. And we all have trauma to some degree. And so, and it's not so much what had happened. It's about how your nervous system integrated it or closed down around it. Yes. And so some of this is just about, you know, and I think it's important if you ever want to do trauma work that you get trauma training. Yes. because as a coach you're not certified there's no there's no governing board but trauma is really underneath the therapeutic model yes. and there are different regions that you need to have certain you know to be a licensed therapist or you need to have certain trauma training so it's just good that people get educated and understand and also um commit to their own work, you know, if they really love that, to know when it's in scope and out of scope
1: mm-hmm. so that
0: they can create safe space and that they're trauma-informed. And I do think trauma work is powerful. It's less, again, coaching. It's more therapeutic, mm-hmm. um, but it can help people. It can be a f- solid foundation for the coaching work. So if you're a coach and trauma comes up, that can look like um, getting past in the the story of a something that was not Uh, they can't hold the present moment experience with, with love and they get lost in their story or they're looping a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so they can look in a few different ways. Um, and I think it's good just to not do any somatic work, not bringing them into their body and like help them help you see somebody, look them in the eyes, drink water, Mm -hmm. ground, come back to safety, to what's Mm -hmm. nourishing. Mm -hmm. And make sure that they're seeing a therapist if they want to continue or you get trained specifically in trauma if you want to integrate that into your coaching work. And then be really clear in your consent and your forms up up front and do some research about your local areas um, and what you can and can't do it. Because I think that's just important that we have an understanding about that in this industry that's, as a coach, unregulated. But as a therapist, it is regulated and it does fall under that
1: line Yeah, I think like the it's shutdown powerful. and the freeze for me is is if I'm noticing that, which I actually have never experienced um, in coaching, a client ex- experience mm-hmm. that. But that's what I would look for it to to refer out. Obviously, I'm going to be there to support mm-hmm. them and do my best to help them ground. I'm trauma-informed. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I think like looking for that disassociation, that freeze response. I love the way you said it, unable to hold the present moment in love or even just like neutrality, mm-hmm. acceptance. Like, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: mm-hmm.
1: usually you can get people to swing swing out a little and yeah and and yeah I, they
0: usually call at least in the, the somatic work they call it titrating so you yes. go from like this this like unregulated to and to like the nourishment and what's not nourished. And it's almost like thinking of it in trauma world, and this is not, again, coach, but it's like opening the teapot. So it's just within the window of tolerance. It's just a little bit of opening that so it goes back and forth between what's nourishing and what was hard to digest at the time because you didn't have the resources or you didn't have the internal support to do that. It was such a big experience. And it's less about what happened and more about how your nervous system reacted to it Mm -hmm. because you could go Through a big trauma and and it be regulated or healed and then or you could go through something small and you didn't know how to navigate it. So but it's about sort of titrating back and forth so that it does integrate into the nervous system and that you can be more present and productive as a result.
1: Yes, yes. I love that. I use pendulational titration with sacred sexuality. So like Mm. depending how far along a client is, obviously like, could start with something just like self-touch on the arms and the belly, but moving Mm -hmm. to breast massage and then eventually moving to self-pleasuring as a way to like Mm -hmm. swing into pleasure and to kind of Mm -hmm. digest more difficult experiences. It's definitely an advanced practice, but really it's helped me so much. It's so powerful. Especially
0: around taboo topics that we don't have healthy relationships with as a society, I think mm. it's even more important to bring awareness to these parts of ourselves in our lives so we have that healthy relationship with it. Mm. Yeah. Yes, love that so much.
1: Kind of touching on like, let's say, less trauma, more shadow work. And we we touched on mm-hmm. it around um the Enneagrams a little bit, but like I was asked a question at an event recently and I really liked it. And it kind of felt a little bit like shadow work and integration, okay. which was what is your superpower? And what is your kryptonite?
0: For me, yeah. my superpower is I think was my kryptonite. <laughs> yes. Everyone found that. I was going to see if that was yeah. the same for
1: you. Everyone found that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's like integrated, unintegrated. So my life, core story, and, it re- and it relates back to the Enneagram. So mm-hmm. this is why like, when I know somebody's Enneagram, I can just start to those questions to see where they are in their path of integration. So my core story was I wasn't good enough. I wasn't successful enough. I wasn't fill in the blank. Mm. And that was the most paralyzing, most toxic. It was such a hard inner experience in my 20s. Yeah. And the thing that caused me the most pain helped me open to and wake up to who I am beyond any story of not good enough or good enough.
1: Yeah,
0: It helped me wake up to my inherent wholeness, my inherent worth Beyond any label or story. And so, but it was ironically through embracing the part of me that didn't feel good enough and finally stopping rather than running from or trying to succeed my way to feel enough or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever the goal was, just stopping and facing and feeling and embracing it ironically opened me this part that I thought was broken, embracing that opened me to my wholeness. And so, That's something that I call in my certification program, the paradox of transformation. Mm. So the very last place you would want to look for what you desire, the thing that you're avoiding holds the key to what you deeply desire, what you want. Yes. So if you want to feel secure, embrace insecurity. Mm. If you want to feel free, embrace being stuck. Mm -hmm. If you want to feel It's the opposite, and you have to learn how to navigate it so you're not caught in story about it, but you're somatically breathing into and welcoming the ego from essence. As essence, you're embracing and embodying and um, allowing this part of you that has been disenfranchised and dropping into it, and then you you feel a greater sense of wholeness. And so helping people... Know their inherent worth and value is my superpower because I know all of it because I've walked through all of it, and that is like the thing that I would gift and would want for the entire world because it's the thing that has been the most precious gift of my life.
1: Mm. Oh my god, I I love that so much. I always say to clients, (laughs) like the key is in the mud, and it's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning as you were sharing, you know, the desire leads you to see the blocks. And that's also the way that I work. And it's just so, such a beautiful lens to look through life. Mm -hmm. It's so empowering to be like, wow, Mm -hmm. could it be? And for those listening, like really letting that sink in what Alyssa just said, like, could it be that the thing that has created the most suffering as a thought form within us, like whatever that core misbelief is, like, could that be the key to to your freedom? I found that Mm -hmm. to be the case
0: as well. It's so... Mm -hmm that gets me lit up. (laughs) And and it's like so beautifully designed that way. Then it's not like those blocks aren't in the way, they are the way. If we know how to embrace them, if we know how to transform them, they help us elevate and rise into our fullness. Mm. Oh my goodness. How
1: how good does that feel in the nervous system, guys? (laughs) (laughs) It was so good. So relaxing. So, I'm curious, speaking of kind of transformation and these kind of potent doorways, these potent portals, these potent keys for transformation, yeah. have you ever had any yeah. sliding door moments in your life where like a single decision you made? Of course, you know, in the in the ultimate mm. reality, everything is one. It's all mm-hmm. feeding into each other. But in the human relative reality, let's play for a moment. Were there any okay. choices in your life that you made that you were just like, that was a sliding door moment? Like that, that mm-hmm. one decision changed the mm-hmm. entire course of my life.
0: Few. Mm-hmm. I think of going to follow my heart to get licensed as a therapist mm. and to do spiritual psychology, to do embodiment work, those. Yes. That changed the trajectory of my life. I think I probably could have gone – I was in college and I was parting a bit too hard, and I think I could have gone into um, some type of a drinking problem if I didn't honor my spiritual pull – And the whole reason why I didn't go into drinking more heavily was because I was um, called by something higher, which was (laughs) if I was drinking, I couldn't, I couldn't, my consciousness was affected and I couldn't see clearer. Mm. And so I gave that up by being pulled. Mm. It wasn't like pulling, it wasn't pushing away from something. It was being pulled by something higher. And so honoring my path of doing that, that, that work, huge impact in my life. And another, I would say, is my husband, meeting my husband. I mean, I couldn't see him at first. Uh I love this man so much. And I didn't see him at first. I I, He was the one man I was like, this is a for right now thing. (laughs) And then I marry him 12 and a half years later. (laughs) But I think that was perfectly designed because I just, I kept saying like this, it wasn't me choosing it. It was light. I was on a surrendered path at the time. And it was like, this is what life wants. Yes. This is what life wants. And I just kept surrendering into the moment without having all these expectations of who he should be and what that relationship needed to be to fill mm-hmm. me in some way. I was doing my own deep work on awakening to the love that I am. Mm-hmm. And as a result, attracted a man that I had no idea that would be my, my husband and allowed that relationship to flower into what it is and... Mm-hmm. That has been one of the greatest gifts. This relationship has been one of the greatest gifts of my life. And not by not by not by conscious choice. It was just by the surrendering of what was wanting to happen. I was just kept feeling like this this is what life wants. I was like, okay, let me go with that. And then twelve and a half years later, here we are.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, we're gonna get into your love in a moment. Bless that man. Yeah. I adore your love yeah. that you guys share. I'm so grateful to be surrounded by so many amazing conscious couples. I just, that is yeah. one of my gratitudes very regularly. And you guys are one of those mm. couples. So we're going to mm-hmm. get into that, but I want to touch a little bit on this feeling you had that this is what life wants. To me, it sounds like that mm-hmm. really deep alignment. How could yeah. those listening like lean into that a little bit more? How do they
0: know if this is what life mm. wants within themselves Are there signs? I think it's about discernment. And I think that's an art that's developed because mm. I don't really trust my mind. I feel like my my ego can uh, take over my intuition.
1: Yes. And so I
0: trust, for me, more of my gut knowing mm. more than what this auditory story is. Because, you know, there's different ways of knowing. There's uh, in you, And I think of like an intuition journal being a really grounded, practical way to help identify how do I receive information. Mm. And every night just writing down, I heard this or I felt this, and did it work out or not? And some of it yeah. will be continued. But it that intuition journal, just doing it for a week, helped me trust in my intuition and identify how I was being led and, and what felt accurate. So for right. me, it's more of a gut knowing, and mm-hmm. I feel into it. But I was also playing with letting go of story. Right. So less of my interpretive, egoic mind. It was feeling into the moment and and surrendering when I would say, notice something. So for example, I'll ground it. So my best friend and I always went to this conscious dance class. She Mm -hmm. invited my Husband, now he was a friend, and mm-hmm. then bailed on us. And I was like, I don't want to go to this. My mind said no. But I was she like, knew, I love dancing. <laughs> she, she somehow knew that old and then, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I and then even in the dance class, my my mind was saying no. We had a partner, and the mm. dance instructor was like, Move your partner how you want to move them. And he was rotating my hips, and I was like, Oh God, no, this man thinks it's going somewhere. And I was saying no. And the woman was saying, just say yes and I was listening to the practical, simple directions that life was telling me instead of interpreting it. She was like, just say yes. And I was like, okay, life couldn't get any clear about surrendering to this yes. And it just kept unfolding that way. So it was out of my mind. And I was also practicing dance without meaning. So it was like, yes. what did my body want to do? And I was moving and I ended up face to face with him and was like, okay, there's something here. Mm. So I kept getting out of my mind into my body. Mm. I kept trusting my intuition, but it is discernment. It takes time to really refine and have confidence in our intuition and and to have a different operating system. That's not all based on our personal preferences. And so it's it's an art, and I think I continue to surrender and practice into it, so Mm. I'm not so dominated. And bringing that – my growth edge right now is bringing that more into business, so that I can integrate my feminine and masculine. I feel like I can tap into both really easily and I'm pretty integrated, but I want to just dance with it more in all areas of my life. And so, you know, when I'm on the computer, just taking a moment to just drop back and in and like feeling deeper into my body and, you know, just re- reprogramming and conditioning this, like, get it done yes. into like my being and doing.
1: Yes. I love that. I have been on the same journey, sister, and (laughs) it's very interesting, but I love what you kind of pointed to that life is also speaking to us. I'm very, my word this year was listen. And it was exactly what you were describing. Listen to my body and listen to life because everything's alive and speaking to us. And I asked the question, you know, I thought my word was empire. And this is actually when we were in Costa Rica and I was was like, yeah, yeah. "Yeah." And I was like, it's empire. And I was like, no, that's a thing that I'm ready to create. That's not Mm -hmm. the word is like, what is the thing such that by doing it, everything else will be rendered easier or irrelevant in pursuit of what I desire, my greatest awakening. And I was like, if I just listen to my body and to life, if I just did that, (laughs) everything's going to work out. And I'm finding that to be so true. And it sounds like you had that experience of listening to the body and listening to the life. Like, like, it's so wild how clear the messages are. if We'll
0: listen, like just say yes. (laughs) How do we not see it? Sometimes we're so lost in our mind. We don't see or hear it. And life is offering simple direction. It's like, what's the next most intelligent step Mm. and tuning in, like you're saying, and just listening, tuning in, but also literal listening not interpreting the the, like what we're hearing just what is being said Mm -hmm.
1: yes beautiful Mm -hmm. distinction for anyone listening who desires to do that type of listening more is there any
0: skills or tools you would recommend the I think some of the things that I was sharing around questioning the story and I think you're moving your body like the dance yeah I I know I can't help it I do this all the time especially when I'm on client
1: calls or I'm getting electrified yeah Yeah. I didn't even know I was doing it (laughs)
0: Yep. Just like feeling into the body. I think that's like, and, and (laughs) just being intentional about dropping in and, and, and questioning the mind. Mm. I think I, I, my, my spiritual practices are questioning everything and meditation. And so just like feeling that in your body. So when you're, when you're out of the mind, I think it's more obvious, but even just asking yourself, what's the next most intelligent step? And it's not always from the mind. It's just feeling it and listening to life around Mm. you.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And any other eights out there listening, that has helped me so much in relinquishing control Mm. is like the gripping that I can feel if I'm feeling triggered or dysregulated of just like and I think maybe everyone can resonate with that on some level, right? The control yeah. that takes up so much goddamn psychic space of doing what yeah. you're saying, just questioning the story and then just coming, becoming present into the body. I loved what you said, like listening without the mental interpretation. I think you said something to that effect, which is so Literal powerful. Literal listening.
0: Literal yeah. listening. Yeah.
1: Ah, yes. So you touched on your love story with your beautiful man. Uh, yeah. And you're also, you know, a somatic psychotherapist, I believe. Did you do like mm-hmm. relational therapy and all that kind of stuff? So I, Yeah, I was a couples therapist. Yeah. So there you go. We've got a couples therapist with a mad <laughs> love story. What do you think is blocking most women who are desiring love from mm. like, what are some common blocks to finding and sustaining love?
0: Hmm. I think... More and more women are waking up to some of the Imago therapy work, which is what I got trained in, which is getting the love you want, Harville Hendrix. I think that it's classic, which Mm -hmm. is essentially who you attract is often who, you know, you are meant to help heal. That's mirroring a, a parent. And so, um, helping understand that you are going to call forward somebody that's often not going to meet you in the ways that you want to be met, but you're going to want it from them to support you in healing (laughs) that now. (laughs) And so having that context helps to say, okay, I attracted you because it reminds me of this parent. Mm -hmm. And here are the ways that I can heal that in relationship or on my own. Even if you you can do this work, whether you're single or in partnership, which I'm so grateful for, because we're not dependent then. And I remember I was with a girlfriend. I was like, let's, we were single. We're like, let's do this work with each other. Yeah. So that when our guys come, it was way easier not to play it out with them. And that would yes. it became the the experience. And so I think people having that awareness, what are my core wounds? What am I looking to heal in relationship? Those things are helpful so that then we can work with them at the root mm. and make ourselves more available to receive the love that is always there. Mm. And in my own journey of i was always in relationship so i took one year off to date myself and to me it was a journey of discovering the source of love mm. to really a- awaken to the love that i am and mm. not as a concept but as a felt true knowing yes and i really was like wow nobody gives me love they awaken the love that is already what I am. And and so it was never about them giving it to me. And then I didn't put up with toxic, toxic, unhealthy dynamics because there was no need to. So as you start getting inspired and awakened to this love that you are, you don't need someone and you're doing the healing work to, you know, And I did a lot of work with my mom directly because that's Mm -hmm. who I played out in partnership. My mom had, in my eyes, a lot of needs. So I attracted later a man that didn't have any needs, (laughs) you Mm. know. So, you know, the pendulum kind of swings sometimes. But learning how, for for me, was about I am the love that I'm looking for. And these people can awaken that love, but they don't give it to me, and therefore they can't take it away from me. Mm. And when I woke up to the source of that love, it was like, oh, I get to share in love together. We can enhance it or help each other heal. I think most relationships are about first stage is about helping each other heal. Yeah. And as we do that we can grow into just magnifying love. Yeah. And it just becomes more celebratory. And like mm-hmm. things can be very subtle but it's a lot easier. And so I think doing our own work, having the tools, knowing that you're the source of love, seeing where you resist love, that's that push pull. It's like yes, mm-hmm. I want this, but I same thing, what do I fear about it? Doing mm-hmm. that same type of work Yes. All of this will support people in, and then we're no longer, we're not looking for it because we're awake to it within ourselves and we attract somebody and we may not recognize them. They may not be the, the type that we thought, you know, there's a saying, the stronger the attraction, the deeper the wound. And that's, you know, it's oftentimes like, oh, that one. It's like, ooh, that one is offering a healing experience for me to look inside myself. And he reminds in it reminds me of my pain.
1: <laughs> you remind me of someone. Yeah, you're like, kind of my parent or caregiver. You don't realize yeah, it. It's totally. like, but it, isn't that weird that that creates this like massive charge? And it's kind of linking because back to what you were saying. is like when you know your your wounds when you really have done the work to see like what hurts you, therefore what motivates you, what are you afraid of, what do you most desire with Mm -hmm. money, with love, and when you come to self-sourcing, whether it's love, self-sourcing, power, whatever it is, that was the big Mm -hmm. one for me. Mm -hmm. It's like then, okay, now we can come into this relationship. And also it doesn't mean you can't do it in a relationship. It's just I think a little Mm -hmm. easier on your own. (laughs) It's like a little bit of prep work. (laughs) Um. (laughs) And you don't get to skip it. So wherever you're at. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And that, I think that's brilliant. And I think there's two schools of thought. There's like you're you do it all 100% on your own or mm-hmm. you do it in partnership. And I I'm like you where I like yes and. So it's like mm-hmm. knowing how to navigate my own experience is super empowering whether my partner's conscious enough to meet me in the ways that I need all the time probably not because we're <laughs> going to be triggering each other. So having knowing how to self-regulate and source yes. while also then having a conscious frame if your partner's available and if that's important to you learning how to understand when my partner gets triggered, it's not really about me. I'm mirroring something about their past, which is an opportunity to heal. So then I don't take it personally yes. and I can hold a compassionate space to help them heal mm-hmm. and, and be that that presence for them that they didn't get when they were a kid which is the healing
1: thing right when you can show up and say the things and be the energy and be the one that behaves the way that that little boy that's coming out perhaps needed in that moment or vice Mm -hmm. versa Mm -hmm. it heals or Mm -hmm. when you know your shadow well enough to be like i am not the one to hold you right now i'm triggered af Uh Uh (laughs) i need to back
0: away no talking typing or
1: texting for me yeah (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> my, uh, me, my husband and I have a saying. It's like some, we say, can you hold? And it's Ooh. this tool where as if I'm triggered and I just want to unconsciously – because there's going to be times where we just want to be unconscious. And if he can hold in presence while I just get mad and blame him in a conscious container, he'll say, I can hold. And I'll be mm. like, you are the worst. And I let this victim part of me that's so mad at him that really thinks it's him in the moment mm-hmm. just express – and sometimes I ham it up and it's so not him and it's so just because it's being allowed, we end up laughing and it's like 90 seconds and we're we're moving on. Yes. But it allows for that part just to feel seen and accepted, and that's how it integrates. Yes. And so yes. that purification. I love that. We don't do that, but I literally,
1: again, the level of synchronicity here is wild recorded a practice today for my one-to-one clients who major in love and relationships, a practice where it was, they had a pillow that they weren't speaking to anyone, but they just unloaded and like, yeah. and you know, just like let it out. But I love the idea of when you're um, far enough in with your partner and, and also checking in mm-hmm. consent. Mm-hmm. Um, Always checking it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the key here. Um, are you sounds- triggered or are you present to hold for me? Yes. Yeah. Are you in your mature adult, which is what Patrick, and I say is like one of us has to be a mature adult at all times (laughs) or and it doesn't happen at all times but that's when shit hits the fan (laughs) one of you (laughs) gotta be holding but I'm gonna I'm gonna try that and and see if we can integrate that as such an amazing tool (laughs) my love laugh
0: about it yeah it's just fun it's light in it and it's possible with or without a partner you can do it with friends too because I don't want people to feel like I don't have that person it's like you can do this in community with people that you feel safe with that you want to grow with
1: totally i also want to do that with my friends actually can you just hold right now even if it's not to them like just to like as you say like let that part of us that's like victimy or like whatever that we all have you know we try to hide it and show out the shiny part of ourselves but like reality Uh is let's be real we all have a petulant child within us (laughs) so i love that so much i feel like we're scratching the surface i could talk to you for hours but we're at that time my love so i want to move into rapid fire if you feel ready yeah okay All right. So what book do you gift people the most?
0: A New Earth, Eckhart Tolle. Changement. Oh my God. Such a good book. Yes. So good. Last meal. I am not a foodie, but I eat about, um, one bar of 88% chocolate a day. (laughs) So chocolate or chips and salt or chips and guacamole, but I'm not a foodie at all. Like i I've heard of people like you,
1: you are rare and wow, it's so, wow, uh, bless that. Patrick and I, holy shit, (laughs) food is like the center of my universe. (laughs) Chips and quack, okay, we can roll with that. Still love you deeply. (laughs) Takes all different types. (laughs) What's the most (laughs)
0: important thing for successful relationships? Personal responsibility. Owning my stuff, not putting it on them. Yes.
1: So, someone comes to you and they're feeling really down, but you can only give them one piece of advice. What do you say?
0: I'd probably just give them a hug. Yeah. Just you give good hugs. Where they are. <laughs> <laughs> What's
1: your favorite thing that you own? My business. <laughs> Ooh, good answer. Yes, boss bitch. Uh, if you could be any animal, what animal would you be? A hummingbird. Oh, no one's ever said that. I love that special. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you could have one superpower, what would it be
0: to help people wake up?
1: You've already got that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So if you were in a parallel universe and you had to choose a totally different professional career to what you are currently in,
0: what would you be in this parallel universe? I would love to sing if I had the talent to do it. Hundred percent. That's my would one love too. Be a singer. What
1: type yeah, of singer? What type of music?
0: Yes. Oh my god. I, god. Don't, I just want to sing from my soul. Like I just want to, yeah. you know, like belt it out. Some type of healing music. Okay, I was thinking you'd be like an Adele, belting it out from the soul. I was just feeling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm Seeing that for you. Okay. I
1: feel it in the. It's in that powerful universe it's right there. <laughs> 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 Thank you. See it for me. I'm in the front row. <laughs> Um, okay (laughs) so last one there is if there were a universal answering machine that everybody Mm. in the world was going to hear and that you could leave a
0: message on today what would you say you are more than enough no amount of nothing could add to or take away from who and what you already are thank you so much queen where can our beautiful Mm. listeners find more of your deliciousness Thank you. AlyssaNobriga.com and on Instagram, Alyssa Nobriga. And I know that you were mentioning you have a certification. I mean, we yeah.
1: clearly, as you were saying in the beginning, what to look for on a coach. She's provided some value, y'all. I feel transformed. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want to connect with your coaching or becoming a coach, is that
0: the best yeah. place to find it online? Yep. Yep. We've got, um, all the information on AlyssaNobriga.com. They can learn about and get into, we'll open up enrollment in the summer for January and we do a deep dive training so that coaches really do their own personal work. They know how to masterfully hold space and facilitate change and start or scale a business because yes. those are really the three things that you need. So we we hold you through the full mastery level experience.
1: Ah, Sounds divine. Don't walk, run, people. Thank you so much, Queen. (laughs) We'll have to have you back again because so much here.
0: (laughs) So much goodness. Thank you, sweetheart. Thanks.
1: That's it for today, Awakened One. And just a quick Thank you from me. Thank you for gifting us with your most precious resource, your time and attention so that we can make this world a more awakened place. And if we're not friends on Instagram yet, then we absolutely should be. So come on over and say hello at Angelica Alana and I'll see you there and see you next week.